Hello and welcome. My name is Nubo. If you don't know already, I uh, used to have a podcast that's called Run for Covercast. Now I have my own Nubo spot. So welcome to that. This is going to be a conversational podcast with uh, guests that I find interesting, people that I feel have a story to tell or that I can just nerd certain stuff with. It can be everything from movies to life to music to culture to everything. So it's not constrained to just hip-hop and graffiti now. It's just more open. And for the first episode, I have a special guest in the house. Uh, can you introduce yourself? Yes. Hi. Thanks for inviting me. I'm Phoebe. I'm 22 and I'm a vinyl DJ based in Copenhagen. And I'm really glad to be here and just like talk. I love talking, so... I feel like it's the right place for it to be. Yeah, yeah, we are usually pretty good at talking, so hopefully we will do that today as well. Um, so uh, let's just uh, go straight to it. Um, first of all, uh, as you mentioned, you're a vinyl DJ. How did you get into DJing? Okay, that's a cool because question. Because it's, it's a long <laughs> story probably also. Yeah, exactly. It's really long. So, okay, then I think I should start saying that, you know, I'm not from Denmark. I'm... I'm originally from Albania. My parents are Albanian, but I've been growing up my whole life. <laughs> I mean, until I was 19 years old, I've been growing up in Italy, in the north of Italy, and until three years ago when I decided to move here to Copenhagen. But I've always been really interested about this country because I was actually born in Denmark. My parents used to live here 20 years ago, and they lived here for a while, then they moved around many different countries, and then they stopped to Italy. So I've always been so curious about being to Denmark. And when then I decided to move here, it was just so weird. But it was also really hard at the same time because I, I was just like, I was just 19 and I didn't really know what I wanted. I thought I, want, I, I, thought I knew it, but I didn't. And I just like started DJing. I found this uh, urban music school at Games Ritmaka. Yeah which was the first place where actually I ever thought about myself DJing or like, you know, doing something with music. And it was really fun. I met so many great people, such a great environment. And I've always been such a big fan of hip hop. And yeah, I just like started focusing more on hip hop and and that it was just like, wow. I, I really thought, wow, this is crazy shit. And I really want to do it. And for the first time I started thinking that I could do something that I never thought about. And But I was uh, mostly DJing on digital mixers at the time because that's what the school was offering. Yeah. But then uh, the teacher at the time, Thomas, shout out to Thomas, <laughs> he, was, uh, he used to invite me and the other old students all the time to the all the classes he had, even though I was not you know, in the class anymore. And I remember going to one of the classes with like the teenage groups like young people. And one of them was setting up a turntable because the game used to have, I think they still have them, some of the turntables. Yeah, old if they haven't sold all of them, they were selling out a lot of them. At they might point. have some standards left, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. For some reason, yeah, yeah. And I saw this like young guy like setting it up and I was just so curious because I've never, I've, I've seen turntables before, but never really thought about how to set it up and like how to even, you know, work on it. And I just went to him and I was like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> and he was like, I'm setting up a turntable. I was like, can I see? Like, can you teach me? I'm, I'm curious about this. And then we just like ended up 
staying together the whole like class and then I I kept like going there in their classes and just like trying to I started like learning before how to set up the turntable and the mixer and the, you know everything and I learned how to do it and then I just started playing with it and it was really really fun and yeah then I just started like joining some of the underground events around the city and that's how I met some people in the scene, like you. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's how it started. But it was, I think it was just like some crazy coincidences that were put together. like Sort of random. Yeah, exactly. It's always kind of random. Yeah, because how did you find out that, about, how did you learn about that course, the DJ course? Because... As far as I know, you you hadn't even thought about DJing really before that, had you? No, no, not at all. It was this was really random, like literally just like me and Google, Google my my friend at the time. I was just like new in time. It was it was already one year since I moved to Denmark. I moved when Corona time was still on, and so you know most of the things were still closed. And I was 19. I don't know. It was really hard. It's hard also for kind of my personality to make friends that easily. So I think what what the the thing that mostly like it was I was bored, honestly. Yeah. And you know, from boredom a lot of good cool ideas can come out. So I was just bored and I was looking for a place for to to be more active and to like meet some people. So I was literally just googling like where to to find an environment where you can play some yeah, some sports practice on sports like basketball even though like i'm not a big fan of basketball but like i was so bored that i wanted to do yeah exactly and imagine like now that you know me i'm not such a sporty person and if i i was really desperate if i was googling where to play basketball at the time and and yeah and then like game the page of game street mecca came out and i was like oh this is a cool place like it seemed kind of you know urban and underground yeah it is a cool place you know yeah, it is a really cool place. They organize a lot of stuff and they're still like actually they are gonna start the new classes again for whoever wants to start. And and like it, yeah, I was looking for the class and then I read Urban Music School and then DJ class. I was like, What? And uh, there were still some places available and it was starting in like one month. I was like, I mean I'm free right now, why not to do it? So yeah. It was really, really random. But I'm so glad that like that happened. But before you did that, what was your relationship to music? I've been growing up, like when I was a kid, I've always loved listening to music. And I've always also loved watching, you know, music videos. That was every time when I used to wake up in the morning as a kid. I remember me being like five, six years old. I used to wake up in the morning and literally I loved watching MTV, which at the time in Italy at least, in the mornings, there were all these pop like music videos of, or like hip hop pop, you know, all these like top hits. And I was so in love with it. Like I used to have breakfast and stay there like for hours just watching these videos and like all these choreographies and being like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. So I've always been like growing up with such a multicultural music environment as well, because you know, my parents like Albanian, as I said, and I speak Albanian. So at home, it's it's always been like listening to Albanian and like also we used to have Albanian channels like my dad always used to buy like the Albanian one 
you know, it was like a card or like, I don't remember, but... So we used to, my parents used usually to watch like the Albanian. I used to watch sometimes the Italian television because there was MTV and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, yeah, my mom like waking up in the morning, like, you know, like cleaning the house or stuff like that. She always used to put music. So music is always, it has always been part of like the background, part of the environment, the part of like being home for me. So. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, that's nice. Um, so just to start off with the whole or keep going with the whole DJ thing, you, you went to that course uh, about DJing. Um, but how did it go from there? How did you end up being that much into it as you are now? Because you started having that course. Then you were like, this is interesting. I need to pursue this a bit. Uh, you played some gigs there. Yeah, 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 I did. And then you saw someone bringing the vinyls and setting up. But how did it go from there to where you are now? Because this a lot is, of it's happened since then. Exactly. Nice. I feel like so much has happened. But if we talk about, you know, timelines, it's like not that much of time. We're talking literally about like one year and a half or something, two years maximum. And it's like, it's just been this past year, not even one year, I think it's from December. It's been so intense that, yeah, it's never just about time. It's about how you feel, I guess. It was just like, it, it started from just for fun and because I didn't know what to do to like, well, this is really cool. Like, I just want to do this right now. And this is also because I'm really passionate about stuff, which can be cool in some point of view because, you know, you really like, You get really passionate about something and you, you really feel it and you know what you like when you feel something. But at the same time, you get bored really easily from the rest. And when it's something that you don't feel and you don't really like, it's really hard to do it, you know, and sometimes... Yeah, yeah I, I know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I I don't know. I think there's not like a specific reason. I mean, there's a reason. It's like the way I was feeling. Like music just starting DJing just made me realize how I feel doing something that I like and it was probably the first time I started liking and really being passionate about something I was doing and that just like made me also realize that before I was not really doing what I liked you know I just thought I was doing it because like yeah you know you're a kid you get just influenced by the environment around you so I probably in my in my head I thought that was right but when I started like DJing and I started like feeling like that I was okay maybe that's how you feel when you like doing something and that's when something clicked in my head probably and I was I I started thinking maybe I should do this you know why should I stop doing this like who said that this is not right when it's right for me so I just in the moment I started thinking that I started also thinking that I can make my own rules so I can do it. If I want to do it, I can do it. So that's when I started thinking that maybe I should do it like more seriously. And when I started thinking like that, I also like a lot of other doors open in my head. And I now I just want to try so many things. I, I don't want to just DJ, you know, like I want to do so many things involved in the music scene. And, and it just feels great because I'm not scared to do it like I was before. So I'm really glad for that course. <laughs> And I'm yeah, really glad. It, 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 you know, even if it's not what you're doing now with that being digital, 
it still kickstarted something. So it, it also had its purpose in that way. So. Exactly. And the people that are, I see, I'm still in contact with most of the people and they're really nice. It's a really good environment. And like, if it's not about the music, you know, and the DJing, it's also about like the people there. I felt part of a group and for the first time probably I was also, you know, in a new country where I don't speak the language and even though a lot of people here speak English, which is so nice, but you still feel kind of left out when when you don't speak the language and you don't understand what other people, what are they talking about around you. You feel like the one who doesn't know how to talk, you know, when like, it's not my case, I love talking and I, I can talk a lot, but like when you don't speak the language, you just don't speak, right? Yeah, and you yeah. look like the one who's the shy person or... And the people are, I felt like part of a group and I felt, and the whole class, you know, everybody could speak Danish. I was the only one in the class who couldn't speak Danish, but they all kept it in English because of me. And I felt like I was not judged because of, and I felt like they were seeing me as Phoebe and not as, you know, Phoebe, a girl who's from Albania and Italy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, but also we get into one of the other things, um, because... As you said, you moved here when you were 19. You lived in Italy most of your life, been in Albania. Um, so it's been like really a big change of scenery, like culture shock coming here, I'm guessing. Yeah. Because, you know, Albanian and Italian culture is somewhat still very different from Danish, probably. It is, and I think also the biggest change was... The fact that I moved from... I was living very countryside in Italy. And I always used to struggle a lot with that. And moving to, you know, a big city, to Copenhagen, was like, wow. It's very different. And just having everything so close to where you live. While when I was living in Italy, I, I used to suffer a lot from the fact that I could not be totally independent, as I wish I could be. Because, like, I was living really countryside. And if I wanted to do something in the city... I, I needed to ask my parents to like drive me there or whatever so it was really really different and yeah I just struggled a lot living in countryside I just think it was not for me yeah also a lot of the thing the things you actually are interested in are urban sort of urban big cities kind of things because it's hard for them to exist outside of urban environments Exactly, yeah. Um, you know, both the music, the whole culture thing, the art scene, how you like videos and stuff like that. It's it is hard to do in the countryside or just even experience. True. And also I don't know, when I was a kid I think I've always been so much focused, probably because the people around me were focused on that, on where I was from, you know? It's like where you are from becomes your identity and I've always hated this so much and I hate it like right now as well you know like I wish I think I was struggling a lot when I was a kid and a teenager because I wish people could just like judge me from the person I am from the ideas I have and the way I think the way I speak and you know and not just like from where I'm from and I remember being a kid and being like being like kind of not it's sad saying it but Yeah, I didn't want to say where I was from because I knew that people would have started judging me and seeing me differently from where I was from. I just wanted them to 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 want to know me as a person. And yeah. 
so that was probably also like the reason why I felt really not free to be like myself and you know just like yeah oppress you to be exactly like the other people right yeah yeah true so it was uh, it was nice I think moving it was a cultural shock but in a positive way I would say now not like when I moved the first year I would not have not answered like this but <laughs> now yeah, it's definitely also you moved better. here at probably a really bad time to move here when you're it's terrible but listen Italy was way worse when I was I, I lived no, no, the I'm, whole I'm, 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 I'm not thi- <laughs> not the thing about just yeah it was probably way better a lot of how it was and how it was working in Denmark also but it's more that being in a completely new place Where you don't know it, yeah. Yeah, true. it's hard to get pe- to know people when nothing is happening. And people don't exactly. go outside. Exactly, it was really hard. At least the only good thing, it was that here some things were open. I could just walk around. <laughs> and in Italy, I couldn't. So, But yeah, it was really hard. And I also had some of my first job experiences. You know, I, I had some jobs in Italy, but not... I was still like, I just finished high school when I moved. So I couldn't work that much. But when I came here, I... I kind of had to work. I felt like I wanted to get out, you know, out into adult life. So I maybe rushed too much, but but I also learned a lot from the job experiences I had. So it's nice, but it's also like hard having your first kind of job experience in a language that it's not your first language. I could still, of course, speak English and my English is not the worst. <laughs> but it's still English is like your third language. Not even yeah, third. yeah, exactly. But it's it's still like yeah, it's it's weird. Like I think it was uh, a weird like first job experience, <laughs> I guess. But it was fun. I think it was fun. Like uh, now that I think about it, I would say that I learned really a lot, and it taught me so much about being you know consistent and being like like when I was working at this uh, warehouse, you know, I had to wake up really early and. I was impressed by myself because I was I was never late at work. I was always on time and always, you know, then I have this thing that I need to chill a little bit, like my dad, that I never take days off, even if I'm sick. Like, unless I'm dying, I'm gonna take a, take a sick day. But I was so impressed about myself. I was waking up on time, going at work, and being, like, so consistent with, you know. And I was like, okay, maybe I have these values. Maybe I can do it. And, and that's something that, you know, it's gonna help me every day. Also, just being consistent with the music and like with DJing and preparing a set that's something that it will always help you in general in life so that was great I think yeah yeah, yeah. that uh, is definitely something you can use especially just being professional at work is also good in DJing there's a lot of people that are just not that professional so It always helps. It's it's especially when you're coming in in the beginning, because people will choose you again easily if they feel that you actually take it serious and do stuff. That's how you do the good impression. Yeah, exactly. So that's something that I've learned a lot from, probably from being you know a second uh, generation of immigrants. Like I'm the daughter of a generation which is like migrating from your country and like. Albania is a country where most of the people just migrate from it, you know. And you will learn, like I've seen my parents really working really hard just to to be where we are now. And I know that that's how it is. Like uh, the least you can do is 
waking up on time to go to work you know that's like the minimum wage you can do what I've learned from from my, my family but also yeah I think that's yeah just waking up on time just like wake up early and be active <laughs> sometimes it can get really toxic but yeah it can, you can it can easily go the, the wrong way but you you just mentioned it and you know you have that um you know um sort of generational struggle in your family or your culture that you know immigrated you know didn't have that much had to achieve stuff like really couldn't do what they wanted to do now you are getting to be in a situation where you're able to more do what you want to do how how does that feel is there like a an internal pressure for yourself to like you know not just go straight ahead or do you just want to grab everything and just do what you want now I mean at first it was like a struggle it was like I had to demonstrate something to my parents all the time and that pushed me to you know to like start thinking that I wanted something that I didn't really want just because I thought it was right for for the people around me And that led me also to to feel like when I started when I started DJing and I started like being around music that I had a crisis because I was like, oh my god, what have I been doing before? Because if I feel like disliking something, what was I liking before? How how was I even you know living? To be honest, like I'm not saying that I couldn't live, but like it was yeah. Sort of an existential crisis, like yeah, exactly. How I've had it. How have I never felt this before? Like the like the first time you end up, or the first time yeah, you, exactly. The first time how? you experience a lot of stuff, it's that's very emotional. It's like how how did I not feel it all the other times before? Because I've always been so empathetic about my, of course, like everybody is about their own parents, you know. But I also I've been growing up with. Like I know Albania, I speak Albanian. I've never lived there, but I've been there all summers when I was a kid. So I have this memory about Albania. But of course, I because I haven't lived there, I don't really know the culture as my parents did because they have been growing up there. So I've been growing up with all these tales about how, you know, life has been for my parents and it's it's been hard. They they were like in their early 20s, they decided to move out to look for more opportunities and They went to different, so many different countries, and I really remember my mom being like, "I lost so much of my things, you know." I, the around, thing yeah. about having moved so much, and also now because my also my parents moved, I moved with my family here in Denmark. It's like you feel you have been in so many places, but I have not really something left, you know. Physically, I'm talking about. I I've been like leaving my whole childhood in an apartment in a big house in Italy you know and like I had my room and I don't have anything left there if I go to that place I, my parents sold the house you know so I don't have and it's it's such a weird feeling and I don't know it's just like you feel like you are a tourist in your in the in your own house where you've been like growing up and I feel like this when I was a kid I still kind of feel it like not a struggle but It's like you don't feel part of a physical place. And when I was a kid, I was struggling so much about it because like 
the question that seems the most easy one to answer to, like where are you from? It's like so hard for me. I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, because I think I still need to find a place where I feel home, you know? Like Albania is part of me, Italy as well, but Denmark too right now. Like I've, I ha I've been living here just three years, but I feel like I've discovered so much about myself in these three years here that it's just, it goes way more far behind where. Yeah, this is where you're gaining your independence sort of. And exactly, you're yeah. getting to know yourself. That's also part of being your age, of course, but it it's probably exaggerated a bit by the circumstances that you came here under and the whole, you know, class of both cultures and identity and everything. Also, you you are also coming into an environment that actually doesn't have that many females. So yeah, it's exactly. also definitely a thing there. So it's it's you know it, everything's sort of a first for you right now. Exactly, but what at the beginning was a struggle, right? Knowing how much my parents struggled to be where we are today. If at first it was like you know I need to show something, I need to like make other people proud. Now it's like being aware. It's more I'm more in an awareness point. Like I'm aware of being privileged right now because you know out there is really harsh and I have so many opportunities right now and I'm aware of that and being aware of that just makes you feel like you know being more careful of what you do and appreciating more what you have yeah but it also makes it more important to actually use the exactly, opportunities yeah. that's there because if like 30 years ago those opportunities probably wouldn't have been there for you and or if you were in Albania maybe they wouldn't even maybe not even in Italy in the same way exactly yeah so definitely you being here you having the setup and all the all the what do you call privates or whatever is there um it's better to use it than not use it exactly for something that's like what this. I always I always say because otherwise the struggle to get there is lost exactly and also because i have so many opportunities now yeah i can i can choose and i can take a risk you know something that maybe you can do all the time yeah yeah exactly it's it's the opportunity it's being able to take a risk that's the most important thing because you know right now right now you're working a lot just it's still a struggle getting to like the dreams that you have Yeah, exactly. You have It's to work a lot to be, to be able to afford having that passion and doing what you're doing and buying equipment, buying records, buying. It's it's an expensive hobby. You. It you is. Gained. It is. Uh, It's like all, right now. I always laugh with people because I think I'm also repetitive. I talk a lot about vinyls. It's like when I'm at work with my colleagues. It's, they just make fun sometimes of me. They're like, "Ah, are you a DJ? We don't know about it." Yeah, we never heard. We never heard you talk about that. Can you please tell us more? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like now I think not on money wise. I think on vinyls. You know, like how much, how many vinyls I can buy with those money? <laughs> yeah, how many hours do you need to work to buy these vinyls that I need? Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know the feeling. Um, also, you're in a 
also for you, you're in a way better situation than me and most of my friends were when we were younger. You know, it like I think it took me like four or five years to have like two good enough turntables and a good enough mixer just to be able to do stuff. It's like um, that you have the opportunity to just work and spend the money for that and. It's good. It's it, it, it's a positive thing. So, and you're not taking it for granted, luckily. But there's still like a, a gap between all the work you have to do and all the work you do when you're not working. Yeah, that's what I'm struggling at the moment, and I'm working on it. <laughs> Just trying to find this balance between not, you know, you want. It's like this struggle and this battle you want to do doing so much i want to do so many things i want to try so many new things you know this is so cool i want to do it why shouldn't i do it and then physically not being able to do everything because of course you also need to take some rest which is a word that not really familiar to me at the moment but i'm really trying working on it taking some rest and like just you know of course it's nice to try many things but it's also good to take the time the right time to do everything I yeah not rushing I guess just so passionate about things and I want to do them so bad that it's it's like it's so nice the feeling is great because you know I love doing it I just every time I'm at home now I just listen to vinyls which is like I'm, I'm a grandma now like I don't go out anymore just having beers or stuff no I want to be in my bedroom listening to vinyls <laughs> and it's like it's cool I like it. I like spending time with that. And I like the idea of spending money on that, you know, because like it's something that I love. And like, and of course, the more gigs I have, the better it is for me because I get support more, you know, this, this thing that I'm doing. And actually right now, every time I get some money out of gigs, I, I don't even count them in my bank account. Like, no, these are money I'm going to spend on vinyl. So that's also good. It's like a gift card I'm going to spend just on vinyl. <laughs> And it might as well just pay in vinyls. That would probably be better. <laughs> exactly. It's uh, yeah, it's an expensive hobby for sure. But it, if it ma- makes you feel great, then it's right. I'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, it's not about the vinyls itself. It's 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 what you can do with them. Exactly. And there are so many things I want to do with my vinyls. <laughs> sounds it sounded weird no i mean like so many mixtapes i wanted to with as finals like yeah yeah i'm wish to put them together and uh but yeah i think uh we should probably before we move further uh play a track uh you brought a vinyl with you uh yes oh my god this vinyl i have such a so i yeah, love this vinyl yeah so tell me about the vinyl and then we'll you know um you choose a track that we play a bit from, and then... Yes. I have such an intimate connection to this vinyl. It's like... I haven't really... I've been growing up, as I said, a lot with music, of course, and a lot of Albanian folk music, which I used to hate when I was a kid, and my mom always used to tell me, you will love it when you were, you will be older, and it's true. I love it now, I really appreciate it. But I've never really been growing up with, like, vinyls. And... And I remember when I skipping my university classes to go to vinyl shops. And I remember Googling vinyl shops because I didn't really know the vinyl scene in Denmark. And I remember finding this article about records 
shout out to Jacob. <laughs> like, I went in and I was just, I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted to look around for finals and I was actually, it's, it's funny. I was listening to this, this group right on the bus going to that record store. And when I saw the vinyl, I was like, no way. And the vinyl is, of course, Midnight Marador's Tribe Called Cast in my heart. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's just like, it caught my eye. And when I, yeah, I just wanted to buy it. And I remember it's the first vinyl I ever bought with my own money. And I just remember buying it, going home, taking the metro. And I, I was genuinely really happy. And, you know, in it's these moments where, I don't know, it feels so weird. Like, I was really happy. And these happiness moments where I was having this in my head, hand and I was like laughing by myself in the metro while listening to, to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think people probably thought I was crazy, but it's okay. I am probably crazy. And maybe. Maybe. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But um, I mean, they're all, all the songs are so good in this album. This is such a crazy album. I think we can put electric relaxation yeah. I love the track yeah let's uh put on electric relaxation so here it is See, I'm not the type of kid to have my business in the streets. If my mom don't approve, then I 
I'll just be low. Let me save the little man from inside the boat. Let me hit it from the back, girl. I won't catch a hernia. Bust off on your couch now. You got Siemens furniture. Shy he fight for the extra P. Stacy Beetle, PJ, and my man LG. They know the ass jack is really so on ice. The character is of man, never ever a mice. Shorty, let me tell you about my only vice. It has to do with lots of loving, and it ain't nothing nice. That was Electric Relaxation with A Tropical Quest, which I think everyone here knows. Uh, if it, if you don't know it, check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a pretty good track. <laughs> From a pretty good record with a pretty iconic cover as well. So, um, yeah, we were uh, talking about how you, you had your first experience buying vinyl. You went to records, you bought that. Did you just buy that one record? I just bought that one, and I remember there was uh, one of the guys working there, Albert. Yeah. Hi, Albert. <laughs> It was working there, and I found before the yeah a more expensive version, and I was I remember commenting like, "This is so cool!" Like I said it out loud, and usually I keep it for myself. But I was so excited of being there that I I was talking out loud. You know when you think out loud, and I said I literally said, "I can't believe you have this. This is so cool! Wow!" And then. Being like, oh, but this is way too expensive for me. And then Albert being like, okay, well, we have another one <laughs> that was way better. And I was, I thought, okay, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna go home with this today. And I just, I really left out that record store, and I was so happy, and I was smiling, and just smiling, just smiling. Like I went home, I was smiling, and I went and I told my mom, look what I got. And my mom didn't know what it was, but I was like, it's a great album. But but did your mom have a record player? No. And you didn't have a record player? No. So you just had a record and no record player. That's why I think it was also harder from one point of view, you know, to think even about to think about vinyls at all, honestly, and to think about me spinning some records and like me DJing. And also probably because, you know, I'm a girl and Even though I I've been growing up in Italy and you know in different like environments, but probably also because I'm a girl, I've never thought about even being part of that scene, you know. And when I started, it just a lot of I had a lot of people judging me, not judging me, but you know being like, you DJing? Have you ever even been interested in music? And I hate this. It's like. You need to give a value to your dream, you know, in base of for how long have you been thinking about it, which is just crazy to me. This like just makes you feel stuck in in a place, you know. It's like it makes you feel stuck that because you have never like you weren't interested in that since you were a kid, then it's not a valuable dream, you know. 
And I remember being like, what does it mean? Can I just, can't I just do it because I want to do it right now? Like, if I want to do it now, why shouldn't I, you know? And literally being the only one supporting it and <laughs> the only one excited about it. But, you know, it turned out like now people around me know how it is and they know that it's part of me now and it's part of me as Phoebe. So people are always going to understand it sooner or later. I think you, you should just do things because you feel for it, not listening always to what people tell you, you know. If you feel it, if you feel cool doing it and you feel... Literally, like, you feel goosebumps and, like, you feel something, just a little bit of something, then it's right to do it. And I'm so glad I, I listened to myself. Yeah, but you sort of still had a hard time getting into vinyl DJing because I remember when I met you, we were talking about you wanted to do it. Uh, you wanted to play vinyls. Wait, maybe we should say how, when we met. Because oh, yeah, yeah, of course. That, that that makes sense. It was actually pretty random. Yeah. Uh, it was at uh, Palmsbury. At Palmsbury, yeah. yeah. Which is also, uh, for those who don't know, our record store here in uh, Copenhagen, Denmark, which uh, the owner, Anton, I originally known, know him from when he was a hip-hop producer. Now it's not that much hip-hop, mostly like... Well, music, house, electronic, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, um, that's they, a crazy record store. So I need to really say good it. record store, good also uh, with really good graphics and stuff like that. Uh, the like designing. Yeah, stuff and like Anthony's just a cool guy. Like it's super cool guy. Plays all over town. Also, does a lot of events outside of the store and in the store, but also a lot outside of the store. He just had the uh, 10th anniversary. We were both out of Copenhagen at that time, <laughs> unfortunately. It would have been nice to, to check some of that out. Um, he's also released a lot of vinyls and tapes uh, throughout the years. Uh, so, yeah, a uh, big up to Anton. Um, but uh, we were... Uh, I, I was there. Uh, we were both there. I, I I can't remember. Were you actually there for the Pilby event? Yes, because, uh, I was there not... I told Pilby, so I can say it. Like I was not there for Pilby. I was there for DJ Noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I knew that I knew that DJ Noise was, you know, just he did some cuts in some of his songs. And so that's how I knew Pilby, just through DJ Noise, because I'm a, I, I'm a big fan of DJ Noise. <laughs> and, like, I've... Yeah. When I started DJing, I, I knew who he was. Like, I heard his name, so I remember just, yeah, watching some of his videos of him scratching and... So I was, I literally went there because I was also curious to go to this record store, you know, and to meet DJ Noise, yeah. Yeah, just to finish uh, the, the whole base of what it was, it was like uh, Pilby got the gold record for one of his tracks and he was celebrating at Palm Spree with free beers and stuff like that. Everyone got super drunk and it was really a nice time, actually. Um And yeah, then I just I remember hearing I think it was you and uh, was it uh, uh, I can't remember you and someone else was yeah. talking about something with I think the Joe Badass concert or something or yeah we're talking about yeah just the new the new school of hip hop something like yeah that. I can't remember and then I was like oh that sounds interesting and then turning around and joining the discussion and then. Mm-hmm came into talking about DJing and you were talking about how you wanted to DJ on vinyl 
but you had two like two issues. One was that you wanted to join some of the uh, DJ classes, like Female Future Sounds, but you couldn't do it in English. It had to be in Danish, and you didn't understand Danish. And also, there weren't really that many courses yeah. with vinyl. It's usually yeah, and digital. also I. I really didn't know anybody who any I really didn't generally didn't know any other person who was playing vinyls, you know. Like yeah, knowing and seeing people playing vinyls was a whole new thing for me. I just knew that I didn't care about that. I just knew that I I wanted to do it, you know. I was just so generally curious about it. I was really really interested and but of course knowing people that do that It it can be really inspiring and also way easier to learn how to do it. But I remember it was such a, an interesting night actually because at first it was weird. I was supposed to meet some friends there, but then they dumped me, so I was alone there, which is fine for me. I'm used to you know go somewhere, even if I'm alone, just because I want to do it. Like I'm not gonna lose an opportunity to be somewhere just because I can't find someone to come with me, you know. But um, And then being around, which, I mean, being alone in a record store is the best place for to be alone. You definitely have something to do. I went through the whole store, all the vinyls. I got some vinyls as well. But everybody was speaking Danish and, you know, I was not getting anything. Now I understand some Danish, but at the time I didn't understand anything. So it was really weird at first. I was feeling, yeah, I was just, it was just me and the vinyls. But then I remember starting talking with someone and then... You know, talking about music and yeah, also that's how you you came out and and yeah, I remember that night being really glad because I I met some other DJs on vinyls and you know some people who had a whole career built on that. So and I also met, had the opportunity to met to meet DJ Noise. We talked a little bit. Is it was really humble and he helped me. He gave me some good advices about you know how to get started on vinyls and. And yeah, that's when I was like, wow, I need to get some record players. <laughs> so I was just waiting to get some turntables. And then after, I think one or two months, I don't remember. But afterwards, I bought my first record players, <laughs> my mixer. And I was just so happy. Like I had my record players I didn't even have because I just moved in my new apartment with my roommate. And I didn't even have a table. My room. Yeah, you, you, I remember you bought the you bought the turntables and the mixer before you had the table. Yeah, and just and had them know, on the, that was not I even just had my, them on the floor. Yeah, and that was not even a problem for me. Like I didn't even care about having a table and not even a bed. You know, I just wanted to have the record players. <laughs> yeah, it, it can get a bit too much sometimes. Yeah, maybe that's too much. But and I, I was like DJing a little bit in the floor, which it's not that bad. My back was kind of crying, but otherwise it was great. Yeah, you're still young. You can still do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that I, I remember you wrote me like, "Is this a good offer?" Like the, exactly, the two thought, yeah, yeah. So I went with you to to look at them, and it was actually a really really good offer uh, for what they go for. Um, also, you got some that really, and also you the, you know, you got the good old uh, rain mixer that. If you have, if you want to use it for Serato, it's too old. But since you're not using Serato, you're just using vinyl. It's a 
fucking good mixer. Yeah, and I got it for the, the, a very good price. Yeah, yeah, like. and the, the faders on that are crazy good. And it's like a workhorse, so it's just gonna keep on going. So that, that's that's good. Um, so you finally, a few months after, you got that started, we hooked up. So I could teach you stuff. You sort of started to meet other people also DJing. So you sort of got to like get a glimpse into the environment. But we also get back to what you were talking about, that most of the people you you met, especially in the beginning, were, were, were men, not women. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and I mean... It's, it, especially with hip-hop, most female DJs I know of, they like electronic music or pop music or house or whatever um not that many doing hip-hop and especially not that many doing vinyl exactly and it's something that at first i was just so excited about getting into it and you know it's i'm always glad to know people you know it's it's not about the gender it's just about people who have the same passion and like where you can learn from and you know it it doesn't really matter if it's male or woman of course But the thing that makes me more, yeah, I think sad is that there are probably so many women out there who might be some great DJs, you know, and some great hip-hop DJs and probably are really passionate about it. But because the environment they have been growing up, you know, growing and like where they're living, it's very masculine and like they, they don't even think about doing that. And that was me, you know, honestly. I didn't unless I had the opportunity, which was really casual. And it was probably just, I was just lucky. I never thought about myself DJing. And yeah, probably also because I'm a female. And because because I'm a female, you know, hip hop is, it's cool. But like, yeah, I don't know. I never thought about it. And that, But I see I'm meeting more women now in the DJ scene. Maybe not as many in the vinyl scene, luckily. But, you know, there are some cool women out there who play hip-hop, like Tanya. There's Tanya. Yeah, yeah that, because when we met, the first person I contacted. Yeah, and I, I didn't I know, yeah, with, with and I didn't know about her. But when you told me about her, I was like, wow. Yeah, the first two wild. I wanted to hook you up with was Tanya. And Tanya wrote me back immediately and... The other one was Katrina KCL who Yeah, exactly. Uh so so they there are there are some and now also you, you you like you finally met Tia, like that was the first time you met her, right? Uh, yeah, Friday. Yeah. Exactly, and it was great. She's really cool and even though she she doesn't play that much hip hop, but it's still But like, it's the first time I was at, at a place where, you know, the the women were the DJs were women, you know, and it was her and there was like Her, her friend which she's also really nice I met her as well yeah, she's really cool yeah and I was feeling wow I was like this is so cool there's someone else who is playing vinyls you know and yeah I think that's also that's probably a talk I should have with Tia on this podcast probably at some time as well uh, you know her objective and reasoning for doing the female future sounds was having people have that experience as well Exactly, and it was it was really nice. It's uh, it's great. It's great meeting other women doing it, and I wish more girls, you know, could feel f- 
free to do it. And yeah, also because for for me, I can teach you a lot about DJing. Probably already have you've learned a lot already, but there are there are two sides to it. There's the technical abilities and the mindset and the the whole DJing part. But there's also the mental aspect of it. And we don't share the exact same struggles. No, exactly. When it comes to it. So it's um it's it's hard for me to be in your stead and it's hard for you probably also sometimes to see me as someone who is going through what you're going through. Or has, so, yeah. so it's good for you to have someone that has the same experiences because ours will be different. Exactly. They are different. And it's also hard like to trust people, you know, and it's also hard to trust males because of yeah. It's just hard sometimes and you know, at first like of course I I was glad that you and other DJs, you know, were trying to help me and I'm so glad of that because I learned so much from just watching you and like watching other DJs. I learned a lot also from Karsten. Yeah, he took the first time I spoke to him about it, he was like she stayed there for like five hours watching me play. <laughs> yeah. Just, just watching me. and just <laughs> invited me oh my god. Yeah, after we met, you talked me about the you know the jam, the yeah, run for yeah. cover jam in Albusun, and there was like Paolo and Carson, which I met before as well because they had this amazing talk in uh, in Broskilde yeah, about the, the, the producing. Day the jam, yeah, right. it was the day before exactly, and it was so nice speaking to Paolo. Is also such a cool guy and. And then I told Carson, you know, I was a DJ and it was interesting because, you know, I was like, I'm a hip hop DJ and it was really interesting. And then he invited me in one of his gigs and I stayed there the whole time. It was a long, long gig, but I just wanted to see him. Like, you know, I, I was not, it was also like, I was not even dancing. I don't care. I was vibing of course the music, but I was, I just wanted to be close to the decks and like see what he was doing and... Yeah, like like me and a lot of the people I know, and like when we were younger, we, some of the people I was teaching, we we would see like static, or we would see whoever, or international DJs, especially when J Rock was there, when DJ Revolution, whoever it came, we would we wouldn't be dancing, we would just be finding a spot where we could actually see the record players, to just see the whole everything. He exactly. was doing because yeah, it was yeah. like that's the interesting stuff, especially with if if you see noise, if you see uh, static, that the really sh- the scratch DJs that are doing that a lot, then it's also part of the show, sort of seeing them do that. Also, just how they do it, how they act, the part po- like different postures, the attitudes, the it's sort of like. It's a whole experience. Yeah, it's all not, these it's details. It's not just the music. Yeah, it's all like, those details where you can learn so much. Yeah. And still today, like I love just going to, to watch DJs, especially when I know, you know, the DJs, like I know their selection and everything. Yeah, you also, yeah, it's been nice for me having someone sometimes just go to gigs and just look, <laughs> just be there. To just, yeah, and uh, also when I look. was, uh, when <laughs> Tia was playing and... 
it was uh, I was literally just like being there, like looking at this. And I was at one point I was telling also friend like, you don't mind if I stay here, right? I just like I like being close to the decks and see what you're doing. So you're just acting like you're looking into the exactly, vines all the time. Yeah. I, I was I was faking it, but I was just I knew all the vines like. I checked all of them like three times, so I knew all of them. I was just like pretending to be there, but I was looking at the at the DJ place. But yeah, it was um, that's how it is. And yeah, so what? What? I forgot. Wait. Uh, the whole point was more that uh, you know being a female. I know exactly. The, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> was... and, and, and and now you finally getting to meet some of the people. No, I was yeah, that exactly. You, met, you have met Tanya. You have met. Yeah, and I was people. saying that I. I feel so lucky because I met I've met so many great people around the hip hop environment and the DJ scene, the DJ scene especially in vinyls, and a lot of people have helped me, you know. But also like at the beginning when you don't know people, and in my case at least as a female, and I didn't know if I should trust, you know, people in general, and I was a little bit scared, but I'm happy I. I pushed a little bit myself and, you know, of course, at the point where I was feeling safe and I was feeling comfortable and I've been feeling comfortable this whole time. So, but of course, if you see more women in the scene, it's, you feel more, like, more free to do it and more, way more comfortable doing it. It's, that's the only thing, but... It doesn't seem that there's that much of a barrier for this styling. No, exactly, no. But it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. It's cool. It's just, it, it's good to have that point of view on the whole scene and stuff like that. Um, we were talking about now you were, uh, you started with hip hop, started DJing with hip hop. You recorded your first mixtape with hip hop. Yes. Um, and hip hop is in my heart. Like, yeah. How how did you get to know hip hop, and how did it end up? being that big part a huge part of your life as well so i remember always my childhood right like before starting DJing, i've been always feeling kind of out of place and you know seeing all people of my age doing things listening to music and i was also listening to that music at the time right But I always remember feeling like that was not me and feeling bored by everything and feeling uninterested, you know. And then when I was a teenager, I was I was listening to a bunch of weird stuff, honestly. And I also started listening to hip-hop, you know, 90s hip-hop mostly. And uh, I was I was and I am such a big fan of Sonic. Like, when I discovered Sonic, I was like... These guys are wild, like, and nowadays they're still my one of my inspirations because, like, you know, they are so cool and there's they they were able to create like this sound very jazzy and also to like they were some of the first to like play with a live band and you know to kind of get out from the stereotype of like the hip hop band you know doing everything so like underground and so. They they started doing something that was just cool for me, and when I, I've always been really interested in jazz music as well, and hearing their kind of hip hop, you know, kind of jazzy, and I was like, this is wild, this is really really nice, and just like, yeah, I mean, I love just dancing in my bedroom, honestly, yeah. 
my my summer days i was very countryside so the only moment where i was active in my summer holidays was when i was going on vacation with my parents most usually in albania for like three weeks usually other than that i was just like in my bedroom it was so warm going outside during the day so just like putting my headphones and dancing in my bedroom like i'm not kidding and yeah that's still what i do usually just now it's from my my record players and i always i always tell my roommate like tell me if the music is too loud but she hasn't complained until now so <laughs> i don't know probably some people watch me from the windows they probably think who's that weird women yeah woman exactly dancing by herself <laughs> No, but now I've started doing it with my little sister as well, and she loves it. I put some real, like I put 24/7 high tech. She loved it, and we were like freestyling and dancing. It was really cool. Nice, nice. I'm not good at dancing, but it was really cool. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's good. But it's also it also seems that you're really into the jazzy hip hop, and that that was like when when I met you that and then through the whole part of like you selecting vinyls for your first mixtape and coming here like how did these things fit and uh you learning the whole process it was a lot of jazzy boom baby hip-hop and what i found interesting was that you you listen to a lot of older stuff than i do even though you're way younger that yeah, that you listen to way more old, old school yeah. uh stuff than i've never been that much into old school honestly i'm 39 but that's still like <laughs> I'm too young for that sort of <laughs> uh, because I'm from that generation where it had just changed the whole sound uh, when I started listening to hip hop but um, but it's still interesting that you know you know you have your love for the like mid 90s early 90s boom bap and jazzy hip hop whatever you call it um, but you really also have a thing for like the more like classic 808 or drum program like really fast uh 80s hip hop yes. stuff yeah 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 that's uh yeah and even the, the, the electronica part of it and like the Egyptian lover and stuff like that i love that yeah i have like i started with hip hop and you know every time i play hip hop i like i don't know i feel cool <laughs> like i really love hip hop, and I know I've said it already so many times, and I'm sorry to be repetitive, but just to say it once more, I love hip hop. But it's it's just like yeah, it's just the way it makes me feel. I don't know. I just feel like I feel myself, you know, and I feel myself, and that's how I started feeling when I started, you know, listening to hip hop and playing it. So you know, it's like letting people know what I listen to and what I play. And I was, I knew I was feeling myself. And for the first time, probably, I was not ashamed of showing who I am and who I was, you know, and feeling like I don't give a fuck anymore about what people think, honestly. And honestly, I I still probably do, you know. I'm probably trying to convince myself I don't. I still care about what other people think. But I believe the main difference now is that I don't let that opinion to stop me from doing things right so of course i still pay a little bit attention of what people think of me but now i'm not gonna just stop being myself just because i'm scared of what they think you know it's more like oh yeah 
I mean, it's fine. Do I care about their opinion, honestly? No. So why shouldn't I do it, you know? And I started with hip-hop, and as you said, I really loved the, the boom-bop, the jazzy boom-bop. And, uh, and then I started, like, of course, going a lot to record stores. <laughs> That's what I do a lot. Like, literally, I was two weeks in Italy traveling, and all I wanted to do was vinyl digging. So I was just being in some dusty places, <laughs> just in Italy. <laughs> like, and... Now I just love going to vinyl stores because that's the place where I discover most of the music and I always try to to go there, you know, most of the time with my headphones because it's just faster and I just stay there hours and every time something catches my eyes I just want to listen to it and if I like it I'm gonna spend my money on it and that's how going vinyl digging in many, like Copenhagen is really nice for vinyl stores, it's great and just going around some of the best stores here in town and yeah there, and also there are some very diverse stories like exactly yeah you and can it's get something a lot of that, different stuff and they have their own style all of them yeah and it's something that i couldn't see you know anywhere else where i've been so far but of course i haven't been still in so many countries vinyl digging but and i just rediscovered like a new world opened up to me and I was like I, re- I rediscovered jazz I've been growing up also with jazz but not you know focusing it was more like the background music which is crazy to me because jazz is just so nice it can be background. also Italy has really a big jazz tradition yeah like, exactly yeah, yeah. you have it's... some of my favorite jazz artists like so but just being in the background you know like there down there hiding somewhere So not really paying attention to that. But when I started going in the vinyl stores and I was like, wow, I love this. I love this sound and I want to buy this record. (laughs) So now I'm buying a lot of jazz as well and a lot of funk too. And usually I just try to, honestly, I don't even like to identify, you know, the kind of music I, I play. It's it's generally what makes me feel something when I'm listening to it and when I feel like yeah, I feel great when I'm listening to it. I'm like this vinyl, I'm gonna bring it home with me. But also you clearly also have discovered like some areas you of music you didn't know that much about or didn't know that much before and that you really love, like a lot of the Arabic music and the Arabic funk and like the African jazz, especially like Ethio jazz and stuff like that, and that BB funk stuff and all that stuff. Crazy, crazy stuff. Really, really like. It blew my mind when I started listening to this. And also, you know, we've had many sessions here at your studio, like home studio. We've had many sessions. You have such a big vinyl collection. But anyway, I'm in love with like, yeah. With like African jazz and Arabic jazz, oh my god, it's it just and all the Arabic sound just gives me so many memories of my childhood. And you know, it's not related to the Arabic word because it's more Balkan, but the instruments, some of the instruments and the sound just gives me so many memories. And I just feel home when I listen to it, and it's it's just great. So, yeah, I definitely. Hip hop definitely opened up so many doors for for me, and like it just made me be more open. Also, the way I consider and I live music, you know. So definitely. Yeah, I think that would also be a good cue for listening to a track. 
So I don't know. Um, do you have like a track that you discovered recently or discovered through hip hop or that means something from you or something you found in Italy or discovered that you would like to play? Yeah, sorry. I have it. <laughs> okay, I didn't discover this song in Italy. I actually discovered it here in Copenhagen, but it just, this song, it was like through, it's been my summer, it's been, I've been listening to it like nonstop this, and I discovered it actually at the record store, you know, Chocolate Records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a great record store as well. Um, should I tell you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit hard to write. It's like Italian. Quale dolci estate sul pianeta Venere. Yeah, so you should probably pronounce it because uh, again, so so so, say the artist name and the title. So, Baffo Banfi, quale dolce estate sul pianeta Venere. <laughs> yeah, I would have never uh, pronounced that correctly. <laughs> you want to try? <laughs> okay, so 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 what we? Quale dolce estate? You're making so Spanish. Like... Yeah, exactly. I go to Spanish already. <laughs> But also, that's the only thing I ever had uh, in school was Spanish. We don't have. Okay, it's, it's uh, yeah, probably yeah, it's not the best. Buffalo uh, Banfi, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but we'll put it on, and then people can hear what you mean, and then we'll talk about it afterwards.
So that was your again gonna pronounce the title. Quale dolce stati sul pianeta Venere? I would I would never have gotten that. Big up to Buffalo Bumpy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Which is such a like funny name, honestly. But. Yeah, like a track from the late seventies, right? Yeah. Um, sort of the, I don't know even know what to call. For me, it's what I call like soundscape music. Yeah. Um, it's what I usually call it. I don't even know what it's called. This is like industrial jazz or something. I don't know. Um, but it's it's from that era, era, era when you know it was more. It's a, a lot of those albums that could have just been scores for movies. Yes. So it's more a scow soundscape for like a feeling than it's like a rhythm thing. I love. I discovered a new artist in in Italy because I was in two weeks in Italy and I was really really interested going there for the first time. You know, I was there. Final digging, and it was my first time where I went somewhere else. Final digging, and it was amazing. And I discovered this um, this other artist, which yeah, just like who has built like his whole career just making like sounds for TV, television, and it's it's not really this jazzy vibe, but it's more like kind of horror movie vibe, which oh, I'm so inspired by that. <laughs> So sort of the library music. Yeah, exactly. Uh, library music, but like, yeah, just like horror movie. Yeah, I like horror movie sounds. Uh, which it. artist was that? It's uh, wait, it's a weird name, so I need second. <laughs> yeah, and then I probably need to see it in writing if I'm, if I even know it, because in my head I might have it different. <laughs> exactly. It's uh, it's called Luciani. Antonino Riccardo Luciani. Okay. Yeah. And he's, uh, he was from Palermo, from Sicily. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's, then, uh, then it's probably also just from being on that island, having like a special Exactly. Sound. But he, he like is, is known in Italy, you know, because he has worked, he's built like his whole career making sounds for like some famous t- Italian TV programs and... And I just found this this record in one in Rome when I was in Rome vinyl digging, and the guy working there told me that there are just few copies, and I couldn't even find it on Spotify. You know, I could just find one tracks, one one of the tracks in on YouTube, and I was so I was like, wow, this is cool. I'm gonna get it. Like I can listen to it, but I'm gonna buy it. And then I couldn't wait just to come back to Copenhagen. And yeah, because you, to it. you didn't have any record way to listen to records down there. Did Not you? in all the record stores I was, and it, it's crazy. Yeah, also yeah. you didn't have a record player with you, so you had to wait until you got oh home my God, it was to listen so, to. Yeah. So it, it must have been like uh, four years waiting with some of. You probably bought some that you didn't know really yeah. how most of it sounded right. Exactly, some of them, especially in the flea markets, of course, because I found. I also was looking for some flea markets where I could find, you know, some cheap vinyls and also some stuff to sample, yeah. And I couldn't really find all of them in the streaming services, so it was taking a risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's worth it sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. And I mean, if it's cheap, you don't really lose much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unless you get to, like, my... Uh, You know, uh, level of filling your living room up with vinyls. You know the amount. Um, 
if I, I don't buy stuff like that anymore because I don't have space. <laughs> uh, but that's also a subjective thing. I say I'm building up my collection. Yeah, I have you, so it's much. It's getting space. fast with you. It's uh, way faster than it did for me. Uh, I'm, I'm spending all my money on that. That's yeah, why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. I, I was probably too consumed, but also getting drunk all the time when I was younger. And also just going to so many jams and concerts that is also what I spent all my money on back then. Uh, but yeah, but also I started eating date, so it's... Yeah. And also for me being... It, that's the weird thing, because for me being the age I am, I, I originally bought my last vinyl record when I was seven years old and switched to CDs. And then that was in 91. And then in 2000 and 2001, because a lot of Danish hip hop and a lot of other American hip hop that I liked only was available on vinyl. I started going back to vinyl. Just be, yeah. But then I didn't buy any of the vinyls that I already had on CD. And then I started DJing with other people. And then I didn't buy the ones that they bought, even if it was something I, I liked because we had to yeah, we're sharing. Yeah, yeah, we were sharing the record, sort of. So, yeah. I have, like, for some people, a weird, fragmented vinyl collection. But that's also because I I mostly collect hip-hop, but I also like, more or less, all of the sub-genres of what I consider to be hip-hop. So, there's a lot of different stuff. Um, so, that's also... For you, it's going to be interesting, like, how do you get a categorize and catalog it when you you know have a lot of collection so you're able to find stuff i need to work on that because yeah i was almost coming late here because i uh, you were coming late. <laughs> <laughs> almost you're like half an hour no. after you said at the latest she would be here <laughs> because but, but it's it's just you know usually i'm not late yeah, but yeah i know i know <laughs> it's because i lost i found this empty and empty box and i was like where is the vinyl is that from when we were playing when you couldn't find one? No. Oh yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. I saw it and I was like, I'm not leaving house without finding that vinyl. Because like I'm gonna get crazy. So I was just you know, when it's in front of your eyes but you can't see it, so I had to go through all my collection to find that vinyl and then I found it and then I came. But yeah, I'm sorry for that. That's okay. <laughs> I was just telling It's with, really I was just chilling with my cat. As I am now, people can't see this, but right now I have a really, really happy cat on my Shoot lap. On. <laughs> like spinning and just being really... It's always around. When one like I'm recording a mix or like we're playing some vinyls, yeah, he, he likes the selection. He likes the music. It's clear. He's like almost smiling. He's mostly relaxed. when. That's the time when you're here and when I have people around. And when we listen to the records, that's actually when my cat is most relaxed. Which is like, I love that. He likes the yeah. selection. Yeah. Like he has I, good taste. He has yeah, good exactly. music taste. Yeah. He has good taste. Um, but yeah, um, back to the subject or what you what we call it. Um, you discovered a lot of different genres through hip hop and through DJing and through the environment. Also, because you know, most people who listen to hip hop listen to a lot of other stuff. A lot that they also discovered through hip hop because sampling and hip hop. Exactly, and it just—it's just wanting, you know, getting inspiration from any kind of form of art. Like, I get a lot of inspiration, not also just not from music. 
a lot from you know movies and books and art in general and yeah it just like it just like it just you just change mindset you know you start thinking that you you shouldn't get stuck just in one thing but you should get more open to anything else and you can get so much from all other forms of art so it's uh, it's really just like being more open yeah and i'm so glad i have this mindset now because i mean i discovered jazz and jazz is great i i discovered funk you know jazz actually i already knew about it and probably funk a little bit but now i'm like spending evenings listening to some cool funk and i'm like what was i missing before and i'm just discovering going to vinyl stores and listening to music and just yeah that's my hobby now when i have some free time that's how i spend my usually days but that's also what a hobby is something you do when you have your spare time (laughs) exactly yeah it's just an expensive one you've chosen it's okay Yeah, but uh, hopefully at the end it it can also bring some, you know, monetary value instead of just you spending it. Um, yeah, because def- we're getting to that as well. Because um, when you played at when you went to the course at Game, you also played some gigs there, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And yeah, I had some gigs and. It was nice. They, it taught me, you know, to be, to play for someone, and get over some of the anxiety exactly, of being exactly, on stage. and and I had some gigs, and also I I learned a lot. What I remember, Thomas, like the teacher at the time, was really like focused on trying to teach us also just how to set up. In that case, you know, a CDJ, but in general, it was really focusing on the fact that as a DJ, you need to know how to work with your set up with your equipment and the minimum you should know is like how to set it up you know yeah, because you never you'll, you'll know what it's gonna happen so many don't know that. exactly and I, I get I, I come out and see so many tvs don't even know how to level stuff so it's like cutting or the which is like it's like <laughs> it's it's something that you know let's better your work at the end if it's not okay it's gonna look like you're not performing right so You need to know at least how to how to put cables on. You know that's crazy, and I learned that so much there. And yeah, I just learned playing for. I remember actually. No, this is a funny, funny story. The first time I ever played, it was uh, the basketball court there, and uh, I was just playing right. And I was playing old school stuff like eighties, <laughs> like you know what I played. Okay, that's funny. I play like Fat Boys, the you know the Human Beatbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was obsessed with it at the time, and I remember playing the Human Beatbox like <laughs> the basketball. And you know, some of the guys there, they came to me, and they were like, "Can you maybe change music because it's we don't really like it." No, it was like my friends don't really like it, and I told him, and "I'm so proud of it." I said. Well, tell your friends that they should change music taste because this shit is crazy. And then I just kept playing Fat Boys. Like, yeah, that was great. I really said that. Nice. How can you not like hip hop? Come on, how can you not like Fat Boys? They are like. Anyway, I understand it's really old school, but. Yeah, for for, for me, it's also there's like different perceptions of what a DJ is. Some have the perception that a DJ is 
more of a jukebox or someone that plays the plays like wishes or like uh, like what do the crowd want to hear another perception is the one I have where it's like being a musician you don't tell a band to play something else that, than what they're playing yeah. then you either choose the wrong gigs or the, the booker has chosen the wrong DJ because if, if it doesn't fit then it doesn't fit you know if I was if I'm booked to play a four hour DJ set as you were with me at Coco Hotel it you know I'm not gonna bring anything else because there might be someone that doesn't like hip hop that's what I'm booked for that's what they believe can fit there and also, it's if you do it correctly, you can play more or less anything everywhere, and people will still like it exactly, to a yeah. to, 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 to a larger degree. And of course, there will be a lot of stuff you can. But if most hip hop you can play everywhere, if you just do it correctly and you choose the right stuff, you know you were there. It was mostly 50, 60 year olds with their some with their kids, but mostly just. 56-year-old tourists that were coming and giving thumbs up and saying how that they liked it and yeah, stuff like that yeah. and they were getting educated in a lot of stuff they didn't know but another way to look at it and what some other DJs would do is they would just see oh it's old people we play something else Yeah, it's not my usual hip-hop crowd so I play something else but it's still something that is you, right? Like, it's not that you're gonna do something that is different from... No, no, I, yeah, of the I, I, did, yeah. I, I didn't do that, but but some... Yeah, exactly, will... and that's really, like, something that... From day one, when I started being seriously about DJing, you know... And especially when I started playing finals, also because, like, I need to buy my finals, so... I gotta be careful of what I'm buying, like... Also, what you bring, it's... You can only bring a certain amount of Exactly, finals, yeah, and... And, and, and I, even though I tend to, like, bring more than probably necessary because I want to be able to like feel what I feel it should be played exactly yeah but also with hip hop you actually mix a lot more records than you do a lot of other genres because you mix quicker and you know yeah and tracks aren't as long as if it's electronic or stuff like that Um, so yeah you need more vinyls but um, but yeah I've always been you know that's something that it's always been in my head and it is still, of course, today. And it's one of my first, like, rules, like, holy rule that I want to have. I want to be myself when I'm playing. You want to have an identity. Exactly. I want to, and I want to have it so bad, like, and it's something that at this time of my life, honestly, I can't even control. As as soon as I feel like I'm doing something that it's, it doesn't make me feel myself, I can't do it. Like it's like my body stops me from doing it, you know, because I don't feel myself and I don't feel comfortable doing it. And because at the moment I'm really, I don't know, it's something really intimate for me right now and really important that I don't even care that much about making a lot of money out of it. I want to create my personality, you know, and I want people to to know who I am and to know what I play. To you know, to know DJ Phoebe, like yeah, I know what DJ Phoebe plays, and and that's really really important to me. Just also, you express your feelings through the music you play. You express yeah, exactly. Yourself and through the music you play. 
and you can it's just... It's an extension of you. Exactly, and, and it's, yeah, it's really intimate, and it's really... It's holy, like, I'm not kidding, I'm sorry, like, you can't ask me to do something that I don't. And I've it has helped me a lot thinking that what I want to do is more than adapting my music to the crowd. I want to find my own crowd, you know, I want to find my own people. And of course, there are going to be people out there who don't like my selection, and it's totally fine. But at the same time, there are also probably so many people who like what I do and probably, you know, like what I'm playing and are gonna love what I do and and also honestly I like sometimes when people don't like my my stuff I know it's weird but I really do it's like yeah I'm the same way so yeah I like it because when if it's liked by everybody what I think is you did it wrong and it doesn't have personality and if something has personality of course it's not gonna be liked by everybody come on no and it's also they're not necessarily wrong for not liking it. It's just people different, that different tasted, different. Exactly, stuff. and some people honestly have very bad, bad music taste. Yeah, yeah, but that's. <laughs> I agree, but also. But that's I, what uh, also uh, they uh, think uh, about my music taste. Exactly, so of exactly, course, it. Yeah. I'm just making fun of it, but it's all about your perspective, and and it's all finding about people who have the same perspective as you. That's yeah, it. and you find it through that. You know, people listen to your mixes and then they discover you and then they know that they like what you do and then the next time they will check you out or they know what you do you know and it's nowadays it could be through a lot of mediums like i've had a actually a lot of people from uh, other countries write me because they seen my face, uh, instagram page with manos just write uh oh, we're planning on going to Copenhagen at some point uh will it will we be able to see you play which is so nice like or just something like that or just um, are you playing i'm coming this time because you know yeah the bag issues i've had here i haven't been playing so much here when all the people who were riding so then it was more like no but you know you can go here what days are you here uh you should probably check out if you like what i do you probably will like these djs uh you'll probably like uh whoever's playing there at that point um so yeah it it, it is interesting it was actually also funny one of them i i I think i told you that story that i got a uh, one of my followers sent me a picture that he bought my cassette tape at pastillo but it was actually he didn't know it was a store that had it he was just in there because he was at a restaurant next to it and had to exchange some of his euros and then he went in there to see if they could what? exchange it. And then he saw my tape and bought it, which was really, really random. It is so cool. Yeah, but that's... It makes you feel... Yeah, this is also the power of social media because I have a really... Yeah, bad relationship with it. But the thing that actually I like, you know, also as a DJ, just like feeling connected to other people who, you know, like like your music and just putting on some vinyls you like and people commenting it just feels great you know commenting about the final and but but this yeah what i was saying about having a personality it's just like i think it's also an healthy way also to to be around other djs because at the moment you you don't see you see anybody at the first place because you know everybody can be at the first place because everybody is someone it has a different personality and like it's, it doesn't become a competition anymore. And 
it's all like respecting everybody who has the same passion as you and is really trying hard to do it and and we know how it is like coming back from work you know the what do you you wish it was not your work <laughs> just to pay more vinyls and and then spending your all free time just yeah either vinyl digging either listening to what you're doing and and just like supporting each other like i really i love going out there and meeting new djs it makes me feel so inspired and and like i just it just feels great like being around other djs and seeing them djing and yeah but it's not always like sometimes there's a bad competition which can be a little bit toxic and i just don't see that i just don't like it it's a balance because yeah. for me Someone like me, it's important that the battle culture is there. Uh, in something like hip hop, that's why I'm in this environment in the first place. Is that sort of mentality is just how it's used, I feel. Because it's also what can drive people to be better and drive people to, you know, do their best work. So it, it, it's sort of a balance. It, it just it, it it shouldn't be the toxic way that's just no exactly yeah, yeah and also like yeah exactly and also the reason why i love being around djs is because i can learn so much from looking at them just stealing some of the techniques from them but yeah exactly and that mo djs here aren't like afraid to give you a tip or tell you something or you know it, it, it's it's small stuff like my old needles i had them like Turkmen soldiers saw a picture where my vinyl, where my needles were on, and he was like, "Ah, you should probably like just twist them a few degrees that way. Then you will get better tracks and like small stuff like that that you people point out. Ah, if you do that, maybe you know it can be even better. It's yeah, which is just because uh, a lot of the older DJs, I've, what from what I've heard, especially in the US, they were like." They didn't want anyone else to know how they did what they were doing. And it's all about sharing. It's all about the whole culture, you know. Um, like sharing the, 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 Yeah, the bad, the, the bell thing has to be there because it is a bell culture. But it's also about showing everyone else how to do stuff. And then from there, you figure out who can do it the best. Exactly, yeah. And this becomes like an healthy way to just to inspire each other and to learn from each other exactly it's it it's, it's a whole ecosystem um we've been talking a lot about the the, the djing part uh but you also have like uh, another passion and you brought like a book yes uh that i'm guessing you would like to talk about as well uh first of all what what does reading mean to you what how, how what's the role it has in your life and as your personality so reading for me is is like music honestly and it's been it's been also what i've been doing you know when i was born in italy all my my like teenage life and childhood like i've been reading so many books because it's it's just like escaping from reality and feeling part of another place and also what I love about books and movies also is discovering new places without being there. And 
it just feels so great. Like, you know, being like somewhere else without physically being there. It's just like it's something that has always interested me so much. And and I've I've always been reading a lot, as I said. But I brought this book because, yeah, we're talking about music and we're talking about things that have inspired me, right? And this book has helped me so much. Actually, I, I read this book when I moved here the first year. And I, I remember reading this book while going to work in my first job here in Denmark. And the first day I went to that job, I was crying while, while like bicycling there. <laughs> Never mind. And I was just, I was just crying because it was something new for me, something I've never been, I've never done. And and I was just scared, you know. I was just scared for like stepping out in realities that that was different for me and probably also realizing that I was starting adult life which sucks adult life sucks but anyway and this is such a funny book because it's called uh, stories of girls that your mom will not approve and it's uh, I remember reading this um, this title and being like I need to get this book I really need to get this book (laughs) and um, it's from it's an Italian book from like two Italian writers, Michela Muzza and Chiara Tagliaferri, which is just uh, it just like tells the story of some of uh, known I'll say women in history, which uh, just represent like a lot of you know cool histories and independence history and like freedom histories, but not the example that people usually give us about women you know and uh, there are so many cool women to talk about but the one that really caught my eye and like it's in my head and I, I really love her story is uh, is actually an Italian porno star which is really funny but it's um, I mean she's one of the most famous uh, Italian porno star from the you know 80s and 90s and uh, she was um, called Moana Pozzi. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. But it doesn't even. It's not even the point that she was a porn star. You know, it's just like the way she, the way she lived her life, and the way the way she made her choices. It was just so like inspiring because she was just, you know, doing what she thought was right, and she was really not caring about what people were telling her. You know. Of course, she was a porn star and the message she was bringing out, it was talking more, being more open-minded and talking more loudly about sexuality, you know. And we're talking about, like, Italy from 80s and 70s, so very, very conservatory and... Still sort of fascist and still looming. And very religious as well, you know. So, I mean, we don't need to go through her life story. It doesn't really matter, but the thing is that, like, she just wanted to be independent and to be free, you know. And she was being so honest, and that's what what is it's an example for me, you know, because she was being so honest about who she was. She was not lying, you know. She was saying out loud what she believed and what she thought it was right for her, and she was not even expecting people to to agree on it, but just to understand it, you know. That like that's who I am and and she was just pointing out that we should all talk more loudly about something that is part of all our lives, you know, about sexuality. And 
and yeah i just remember reading these uh these pages and being like this is so fucking cool like she just she's not scared of being who she is you know and it also helped me when i started djing and i was like why should i be scared of doing something i love you know yeah, why, no reason, what is no stopping reason, me no what should stop me nothing and like she is one of one example and then also other other like uh, women in history which but I, this is also really interesting as well because i was in italy right and i was in rome and uh, you know there's a lot of art in rome to see and like talking like about classic art or uh, yeah, yeah like uh, painters and yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, i want exactly and you know I, i've studied art in school it's part of like italian school like you yeah, study so you it. studied a lot of the yeah, yeah exactly artists. exactly and there is a lot to know to study about it and there's this italian painter actually and i'm not sure if you know him but it's called caravaggio yeah, yeah i know okay and I knew already who he was, but being back in Rome, which is the city where he has been, his career has been blowing the most, you know, and he's being like, he, he was a crazy person. Like, I, I'm not sure if you know his life, but he was know, dangerous. I know his side, I don't know his side. Though. Okay, he was dangerous, like he killed some people, but stepping out of his personal life, he was dangerous kind of, but also, you know, in a dangerous environment because Rome at the time was wild. And also, yeah. But the thing that I love about him artistically talking about is he knew he had personality, right? And he, he knew he was good at painting, of course, but like he didn't care about anything. He just wanted to be himself, you know? And and at first people were judging him because he was doing some wild stuff, like painting some stuff that you shouldn't paint in a church, you know? And he didn't care about it. And the reason why people were still booking him to play, like to paint in the churches was because he was the only one who was able to do that, you know, because he had personality. And, you know, I was just reading about his biography and just like seeing like his, what he has done, like, and it was just so inspiring. It was, wow, this is cool. But yeah, it was more or less anything can be inspiring. That's also a thing, but yeah, for me, it's all, you can also do my walls. It's 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 hard. It's also inspiring for me. I also come from the graffiti being part of the culture and everything, so that's also a big part of it. Um, but yeah, yeah. So so you, you talked a bit about the books. Now you also mentioned movies. Um, do you have like the same thing you see in movies? Is it also the escapism and uh, like individualism and people? being their true self and stuff like that that you like when you're watching movies or do you have like a certain theme uh, that you like in it uh, because I remember what was it Bully for example that you really liked which is uh, what is it's Harmony Caroni uh, yeah. that made it right um, uh, so for those who don't know it's not that well known a movie not at all um, but you should check it from out the one who wrote kids right yes yeah, the, the yeah. script for kids right um so it, it, it but it's a fantastic movie really special but is it like that type of movie did you like or is it the more is it just the whole artistic more weird ways of filming and more like i don't know um not that mainstream ways of having 
movies exactly portrayed? definitely like what i i love cinematography as well and i really love videos you know i i also have a camcorder and of course it's with tapes like yeah let's no, an let's struggle yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like let's struggle to digitalize it which is not a struggle it, at it that, is already digital as well, so. <laughs> exactly and it's so i really love you know the idea of i love also photography but for me the way i feel about videos it's just different like i just love it and i'm always so interested when i watch movies to the way the director is you know deciding to filming things and what he wants what he or she wants to point out and what i usually try to find in movies is something that is really real you know and it it literally tastes like life and and it's like you know when you watch the movie and it feels like you can smell it even though of course you cannot smell yeah, it I know but what you mean. but it's that feeling like it feels like you can the smell realism. it and exactly and i really love that like when it's raw and like it's like you know how it you feel which even, is uh, interesting enough for me i think that's very well known from eastern european movies Yeah, exactly. It is. Yeah, definitely. And I've also been growing up with my my parents watching a lot of like black and white Albanian, you know, famous like movies and but uh, the movies I I really love, for example, you know, Lahain Kasovitz. Yeah, yeah, one which of is, the five best movies is, ever yeah, at least. It, it is like it masterpiece. It's a masterpiece and the music is wow. And the acting. And the acting, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, I was just, you know, I was just at Cinema Ticket watching what I consider a big masterpiece, but it's too hard for some people. But especially cinematography-wise, music-wise, even the, like, typography with the tilting letters. I was watching Irreversible, the French movie, which is... Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, it's hard to watch. Great choice. And I hadn't watched it for like 15, 20 years. But seeing it like from the raw, like uh, film tape, uh, or like the, 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 yeah, the movie projector, old movie uh, film, and like having the talk before with describing it, just the whole thing. So for me, that it's like that, and line is like the two Vincent Cassell, like main roles where he's just amazing. Castle, yeah, he's just amazing. And also very connected to hip hop because his brother was also. It like, is the, <laughs> the the music choice is amazing and and just like the way actors just walk, you know, like I, I feel like it's so interesting the way they walk and the way they yeah, you know like, when there's a scene when he's dancing yeah, and yeah. it's just like Lahain can be analyzed so much, but also for it's actually very interesting because for where I come from in Aarhus and. Like especially in like the ghetto areas of O's, the Hein has always been like huge thing. It it it's been something it's people like it resonated with. Yeah, it's it represented them. It was like finally a movie that sort of understood who they were. And, and from that struggle. point of view. Yeah, exactly. And that which struggle. is I think the most interesting thing because usually, you know, some movies which are really raw and like real as I want, but sometimes they're from the point of view of the reader. And the point of view of the watcher, you know, but that movie is literally from the point of view of the people in that community, in that scene, and you just don't see many movies like that, and that's why probably it feels surreal as well. 
it is it's, it's of course what makes uh, it sometimes be really real uh, now I don't know I was just trying to see if I can find the English title but in in Danish if if the title is the same in English it's called a small movie about the art of killing yeah uh, which is also a mass that's clearly from another perspective it's like you're observing which is also yeah yeah, yeah. Where, where where it's really interesting that here you're you feel like you're walking with them in line we instead should, of yeah. like watching them the only time you're taken away is like the helicopter scene where 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 you have the music passing from the window which apparently was one third of the whole budget for the movie just doing that um, i can't imagine that was <laughs> before drones you had to with <laughs> the helicopter now that was like nothing it's it, it, it's anything that but yeah yeah so so but i've also been really also the colors i really like to you know and i remember the movie i love the colors in you know taxi driver from yeah, yeah. martin scorsese yeah yeah his uh, second movie yeah yeah the colors there and like i mean of course also the meaning of the movie is like freaking great but like that also movie. yeah the grading is very very yellowish uh, like really trying to get that gritty feeling out yeah and it but also the way he's using the camera you know that's amazing yeah, 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 yeah. like the phone there's like a scene with the where he's talking on the telephone where you pan away from him yes that's... and then you're expecting someone to walk through the door and yeah, then it just goes back to him it's just like you, you can't it's like you're separating yourself from the movie um that's also but, remember yeah a movie that really left me speechless and it's hard to leave me speechless i think and well yeah but i also have an affinity for a lot of the 70s movies as i do with music it's like it's like a decade that just exactly unlimited creativity like um you know the conversation is one of my favorite movies which is just a movie about mostly about a guy just bugging someone but it's just every small detail is so amazing and he did it in between doing the two Godfather movies, which is like, okay, you just put this like in between as a passion project, like. But that's also probably what makes it good. That, what, that's the same thing that comes with music, with art, with everything. That. What helps something become good for me is the limitations, but it has to be the right limitation. Is it? It has to be like technical limitations or like limitations in what you can do not limitations in what you can achieve it's not like it's also a limitation if like a movie studio says you cannot have like a new scene or you cannot have this violent scene or you cannot use this type of music or you have to have like a more well-known actor yeah yeah exactly that's a different thing but like for hip-hop what really I loved about it or got me to love it probably was also the limitations like you had like this small piece you could sample for a short amount of time and then you have to do this with it so you had only this and did this the same thing with graffiti you had like only this and then you had to do this and you had to find a way to do it and you had to be fucking willing to do it because if you weren't passionate about it you wouldn't do it yeah, because yeah, there was so many obstacles. If you had to ride, to paint on a train, you had to go through so many obstacles doing it. If you had to, you know, it's just a, when people have to go through some obstacles to do it, 
it's often the people who want it the most who also does it. It, it, it it's a hard balance yeah it's just it's hard it, but it makes you realize that you want it really yeah bad. and it's a hard balance because you'd also want it to be available for everyone but actually also the limitations what is what made it available people didn't have instruments in the ghetto back then they couldn't afford it but they, yeah. they could have turntables also there was the rate on but it's just I think the same thing applies with movies that sometimes doing like okay we're fil- we're gonna film this in black and white and we're gonna just have it being filmed in like only this location and we're gonna do it as cheap as possible because we need it to be as yeah, realistic just... as possible or like or we, we, we just we need everyone we just need to People to go to the skate shop and buy some clothes that, or people just come with what they're wearing and then it gets more authentic. And yeah, it's, yeah. But also like in black and white. I'm not sure if you know the movie Roma. Yeah, yeah. Qua, uh, yeah, Quaron. Wow, I remember watching that movie not too long ago actually. I think it was in quarantine. Quarantine. Yeah, quarantine. Yeah. Quarantine. Yes, right. Quarantine. You. <laughs> and I remember watching that movie and thinking that. The photography is just really nice. Like it's amazing. And but then there's also an Italian movie I really like, and it it's really it's really symbolic, and it's really the kind of movie I love. I'm not sure if you know it, but it's from Sorrentino. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I know the Italian title. Estata la mano di Dio. Let's just uh, you can quickly just type it inside yeah, here, then I can probably see the Danish one. Uh, because I I don't know the Italian titles to any. It's uh, and uh, you know I could really after watching the movie because the um, yeah the hand of God it's called yeah and it's uh auto kind of autobiographic I know, no, I movie about uh, this he's one of the most famous Italian directors and he's actually from Napoli from Naples and he's been growing up there right and the movie is from one of the neighbors in Naples and it's really symbolic it's it's just like I don't want to spoil it but it it it's worth watching it it's great and it's a lot you know autobiographic so it's about the struggles of the director growing up and also him how he started like getting into you know cinematography and but it also like represents the way that movie represents Naples as a city it's just crazy the music and you know the photography and everything is just so nice and i could feel the movie when i was in naples you know especially i went in one of the neighborhoods where where then i found out he was growing he has been growing up you know and i knew that because like i literally asked i remember there was this this person from that neighborhood and i was like i just thought about this director and i was like this do you know like him is it from this side of Napoli? Because like I feel like I can see the oh, yeah, movie. I feel here. like it's the whole. Yeah, and then I found out that that's where you've been growing up. Because like that's the side of Naples, more like a little bit also more rich, like for more rich people, and it's so different from the Naples. You know, usually people know worldwide because it's like more loud and people you know shouting, which I could see that. But in this neighborhood in Napoli, which is called uh, Vomino. It's I could I could really like see the movie and and it was just nice like it's such a great movie and it's really symbolic and 
the way it represents the city is just like really honest and really really nice. Yeah, yeah I could see the, it's the same guy who did Il Divo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, I'm not sure if this is the his most famous. Like, uh, but who cares? Like, I just think it's amazing. Yeah. yeah There's one is. of these scene where one of the grandma there, she's eating like this big buffa mozzarella. And like she's just eating it and all the water from it is falling, you know? And it's just so raw and like, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, it's weird, but like, it might seem disgusting for some people, but it just like, that's how it is, you know? And for someone like me who's never been to those places and has never been part of that culture, it's like when you watch movies, you also get sometimes some of the culture if I'm watching an Egyptian movie or like, an Iranian movie or something like that or Iranian movie usually or an Iranian movie made from people living outside of Iran yeah, because, because of, you know, yeah. the central like I saw Holy Spider really loved it it was like a whole experience with that the Egyptian and I can't remember the name the Egyptian movie about the, the when they are getting a new like priest or king priest or something I can't even remember it, it's just uh, that it's just you have been in that place with I've never I was like before this trip I've never been in Naples before right but because of that movie when I was there and you know I was feeling the movie I thought I felt like I was there already just because I watched that movie you know and that's what I love the power about cinematography yeah you can recognize something exactly and sometimes I just love when I'm bored and especially after I don't travel for some time I just love being you know just here in Copenhagen bicycling somewhere and just yeah looking at the light and like how the wind is going I just like making the joke like I feel like I'm in another country it's just like yeah being like this neighborhood reminds me of Albania or these neighbors remind me of France and you know places where I've never been but I've just known because of movies and I think that's amazing yeah it's just like yeah, and as we, it can also be a way to express something that is important for you, especially for the director or the screenwriter or whoever. For and even with the inspiration, like as I mentioned, line was really huge in the ghetto areas of Aarhus. There's also been two movies made that are like extremely inspired, like uh, both are or. One of them is like first a shorter movie and then made into a longer movie, but the first part was originally also in black and white, or it is still, then it changes. Um, where it's so much a homage to Line that they even have like a scene where a guy's taking the movie and they're gonna rent the movie and they're like, oh, a French movie in black and white, no. And oh, that there are posters like hanging around with the movie and the scenes and stuff like that. And the other one is a movie called Made in Denmark that was made like 20 years ago. That was just a day in the life of a Palestinian in Denmark and feeling left outside and also filming black and white. And also that was him doing okay, one Wilson. He did like the whole thing. Uh, he he played the main character, which is one thing, but he also wrote the script, uh, did the cinematography, uh, created it, cut it, did the soundtrack, 
funded everything like, everything <laughs> like um because it's, and then it it might not for me it's a good really good movie because it's I, I wasn't that environment at the time I remember the release or the the premiere at like a art cinema in Aarhus and there's so many memories connected to it and I I, I love the the rawness of it to others it might not be that good a movie but for some it's a glimpse into what it was like being him exactly that, uh, at that time and what the issues were and like it might it can be it might be corny but there's like two cops one called Dan one called Mark they're her, sort of harassing him he's like like they're getting into fights that place where they're always getting into fights they're like he has the existential problems. He's being at the bazaar talking about this, and he's like, "So it's it's it can be two parts because it can be something that's recognizable to you if you're from the environment. It can give you a self worth when you represent it, as it line probably did for the young Parisians when they were rising up against the." inequalities yeah, exactly. in the 90s That's... when it, it was made and what it's about but also it's it was able to inspire so many people who've never ever been to France who didn't know France who didn't have any insight into the culture and why like all the North Africans living there and the Algeria, things with Algeria and all the whole stuff yeah, why they yeah. have the issues that they have and that's the they power. have no knowledge of that. The people who were inspired by them didn't had no knowledge of that probably, but still felt the whole thing. That's the power of art. Like, yeah, it just makes you feel connected to something that you will never, never thought about. Exactly, and I actually think that's a pretty good way to end up. Uh, unless you have something else you want to. Say. Um, that's no. a good point to end up with. Yes. So. Thank you for coming. I hope uh, you people out there enjoyed the whole uh, talking about everything art, mostly hip hop and DJing, and what it's like to, you know, have the culture class of coming in and what it's like being in a whole nother world, both as an artist and as a human being. So, thank you for coming. Thank you for inviting me. It was really nice. Peace out. How long? Um, 